Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, there it is. Hey. That means these batteries are dead. Uh, ya está funcionando, pero yo creo que estas pilas son nuevas. Delay? Okay. So, anyway, there's five reflections. And so the first one was touching the forgotten. Sí, me está funcionando. Uh, touching the forgotten, and so remember we talked about that, and then the second one was um, benchmarks. This, today we're going to be talking about experience versus knowledge, let the river flow, and then the last one, which is like our celebration service, is the culture of Christmas, because we have a little special presentation regarding the culture of Christmas. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about this experience one, and so we just read the Christmas story. Um, let me bypass all this and just get to where we... Oh, Mary treasured those things in her heart. So that was an interesting thing. For many of you, you know, the Luganvilles are here. I'm sorry, I'm not going to put them on the spot. But, they, uh, but this was a rough week for some of us, right? For some of you, perhaps this was a, a benchmark for you. And uh, Mary guarded those things in her heart. For those of you that don't know, uh, the Luganvilles lost their son this week. And so it's been a rough week. It's been a, it's been a hard week for, for all of us. But um, there's a hope for the future. There's still a hope, and uh, it's for that very reason that Jesus came. And so today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, this hope again in a different light. And so I hope that every single one of us can leave here a little bit more changed in light of all the circumstances that we can actually leave and say, okay, God, I'm going to be more like you this week than I was last week. And so uh, I'm going to focus in on one verse in particular, and um, it's Luke 2.20, if you just want to look at it, but it's it's the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And I just want to focus in on this part that says that they had heard and seen. You know, the shepherds heard what the angels said, and then they, and then they went and saw uh, what the angels said would take place. And so they went and, took, and saw this. Now, I want to remind you guys a little bit about where we're at. We're in the Advent season, and we're talking about Jesus' coming uh, I remember when I was a kid, I, I honestly can't remember a time when I never, when I did not believe in God. I, my whole life, I believe, as far as I can remember, ever since I could believe, you know what I'm saying? Ever since I can remember believing in something, I always believed in God. I honestly don't remember a time where I neglected or just said, no, I don't believe in God. Now, there certainly were times when I felt like God wasn't with me or wasn't close to me or maybe he wasn't active in my life and, and uh, you know, those low times in my life. But, but in terms of belief as to whether or not he existed, uh, I can't remember a time when I didn't believe in him. I was raised Catholic, and so my whole life, we just, I went to catechism, I did all that stuff. And I remember when uh, in the Christmas season, my mom would always bring out, even we were, she was a very strong Catholic and uh, follower of Jesus, and she would always put out the manger scene every single year, and, and then we would hide, you good, did you guys do this? You hide baby Jesus until the 25th, so you, you kind of hide him away, and um, I remember one year my dog got him, but, uh, <laughs> but we got him back. And uh, one thing that surprised me as a kid, though, is this, in, for my birthdays, every year I got older, 
Jesus never seemed to get older. He was always a baby, you know, he just never, and so that struck me as odd too, is why is it that Jesus doesn't get older? Why is it that he always stays exactly the same? And uh, I, I just remember that every single year we just put this emphasis on it. My mom made a big deal about the manger scene. I don't mean one of those little things. I'm talking about she had uh, a mirror for, for ice and then she had, you know, the snow with all the stuff. And then she, and she made it a big thing to the point now it's like literally something. It's like three meters by two meters. It's huge. So she really likes the manger scene. And uh and so, but for me, my whole life, all I can remember is that Christmas season, every single year, we just brought in Jesus and we talked about him. Now, here's the thing that I want to talk about. There was a time in my life, though, that I would say I believed in God and I believed in Jesus, but I wouldn't necessarily say that he was really a part of my life. <laughs> there was a just, I just believed in him. I always knew he existed. I, I could even answer some questions about him. I did all the catechism stuff, but I would, could not have really told you much about him in a personal way. I could have just told you about what other people talked to me about, but I could not have said any kind of impact that he's ever made in my life. I, I just thought everybody believes in God. And as a matter of fact, this being a very Catholic nation, when I planted the church, when I first planted the church, before planting, I would always talk to people. And of course, everybody wanted to know what you're doing. I've said this before, but everybody, so many people believe in God. Now, they just don't believe in church and they don't believe in other Christians, <laughs> But so many people believe in God. So if you just talk to them about God, and then almost always, because I'm a pastor, they always feel like they have to act more Christian than perhaps they act at home. But they, oh, you no, 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 I'm a, I'm a Christian. You know, oh, I follow Jesus. And they, they talk about that. And then usually their next question is, what do you think about Mary? And um, so that's, that, honestly, that's one of the very next questions. And so what do you think about Mary? I think she was a good woman. And so <laughs> I just talked about her last week. And so, but, but the point is, is that I, I really... It's interesting, what, why do we have churches? Why are we trying to reach out to people if everybody already believes in God? If so many people believe in God, what's the difference? How come we have to still evangelize? How come we still have to tell people about Jesus? Why is it that we still, so many people still struggle with depression? Why is it that so many people can't move forward uh, from, a from a tragedy, but not just a tragedy, this was a particularly strong tragedy, but anything that you've had and it happen in your life and somebody just falls down and they just go, forget it. And then if you talk to them about God, they still might even say they believe in God. But for some reason, they don't make any connection that there's a God that's personal and wants to touch us and be in relationship with us. So what's the difference? Why is it that some people can have a life-changing, radical impact and God literally makes uh, all the difference to them and other people say, I believe in God. And they're, they really do mean that they believe in God. But he makes no difference in their life whatsoever. Why is it that sometimes you can see Christians, people who believe in God, and they, their face is more downtrodden than, um, than non-believers who don't believe in God? Or at least they're not following him. Have you seen that? I mean, just go to a concert. Any concert, you know, any, any kind of concert, and you see these guys bouncing around, I would say that most of them probably aren't Jesus followers, not, not because they're at a concert, I just mean because of the percentage of people who actually are Jesus followers. And then you talk to some Christians, and they're so down, and they live down there in that, in that bottom place. And so I go, what is the difference? Why is it that some people have a, have a different countenance about them simply because of this relationship they have with Jesus, and other people continue to live in the same mire you know that they've they've always lived in are you guys tracking with me are you okay 
And so I, we're going to talk about that, and we're just going to talk a little bit about the shepherds and a, and a few other things. And so the first one is, is, is the experience versus knowledge. Now, what I want to say is regarding these uh, shepherds, when the shepherds were in there, what did they do? The Bible says that they heard and they saw. <laughs> they heard and they saw. And so one of the things that I think makes a big difference for, between the difference of somebody who knows and somebody who's experienced is this. They've actually heard and they've actually seen. They've actually allowed themselves to make, uh, to participate in what God is doing. I was talking with some folks, and um, because I get in so many conversations, sometimes I forget who I'm talking to, but, and I don't even remember the context. I just remember that um, for a lot of people, we talk about what is God's will for me, and what is God's will for my life, and what does God want for me? And I, I struggle with that question because I don't think God works like that. I think God has a plan for the world, for the city, and our job is to participate in what he's doing. D- does, that make, does that make sense? I think there's a big difference there because if I say, God, is, what is your plan for me? I don't even need to look at the city. I don't even need to really look at what's happening around me. All I have to do is simply say, I'm just going to do whatever, whatever it is that I need to, what I need to do. It's God. <laughs> So what do we do? And so what my plan is, what I try to do is I say to God, what is it that you're doing in this city? What is it that you're doing in this world? What is it that you're doing? Because I want to see you and participate in whatever it is that you're doing. And when we can do that, the next thing you know, it changes our paradigm and how we see everything that happens around us. Because if God has a plan just for you and you're doing God's plan for you, then you might neglect all the things that he's trying to show you that are right around you. Are you with me? So, in other words, if you think my plan is that I'm going to be an Alliance Academy teacher, I'm just doing that, just random, and, uh, so, <laughs> but you think that's my, that's my plan, then you might not see everything else that God's doing around you and go, no, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do that. You know, that's not part of the plan that God has for me. So, but if you see yourself saying, God, what is it that you're doing? And right now I know that my, my main pur- purpose is is participating in, in, let's just say, Alliance Academy teacher, and I'm doing that, well, then later you can come back and say, well, but I'm still seeing all these other things, Lord, and so I want to participate in everything that you're doing because I want to experience you, not just know about you. You know, one of the famous verses that people talk about, because whenever I talk to people about the Lord and just saying, oh, yeah, we're here to plant a church and we're here to do this and we're here to do that. Oh, yeah, I believe in God. What church do you attend? And I can immediately tell if they attend a church, especially if they're Catholic, because then they'll say, oh, there's a lot of churches. That's what they always say. Oh, there's a lot of churches. And when I, well, which one do you attend? Oh, well, there's a lot of them. And it's like, you don't attend a church. But then there's some others, Catholics, and they go, oh, I attend St. Mary or St. you know, whoever. And it's right. And then I go, oh, okay. This person's more connected. But the point is that you could tell the difference in just the, the way the person is acting, the way they respond, because of this relationship that they're having with God. Some people have it more in, um, in just a knowledge of God, and some people have it more in this intimacy with God. And my goal for the end of, by the time we finish here, is that you guys are going to be able to see the difference and perhaps decide whether or not your intimacy is... is is at the depth that you really want it to be. Does that make sense? And so for me, this is a, um, this is a, big, a big difference. I think it's interesting too, the other thing is that when the shepherds heard and they saw the angels, what did they do afterwards? You can just tell me. When they heard the angels when they were in the field. 
Do you remember? They were afraid. They praised him. What else did they do, though? They went. That's what I love. They said, hey, why don't we go? Did you notice that the angel never said, hey, this is what's happening over there. You need to go over there and see. They didn't tell him to go over and see. They just said, hey, this is what's happening. The Savior is born. They could have easily said, that's cool. And then just went back to sleep. Right? I mean, they had no reason to go. They could have just said, hey, that was, that's awesome. High fives all around. And then just sit down. But they didn't. They said, hey, let's go. Let's go see what's going on over there. Because I want to I wanna participate in what's going on. And I think this is something that's a big difference between, digo, what is it in English? Experience versus knowledge. The difference between experience versus knowledge, for me, this is the biggest difference. We all have heard God at one point or another in our life, and we hear something, we go, wow, that's cool, and we give everybody high fives, and we don't do anything about it. And so I think the experience comes when we actually respond to whatever it is that God is saying that we should be doing. So that, that's the, the next big point is that they they responded they didn't simply hear these words and go wow that's neat they said let's do something about this i want to go visit him i want to go see this jesus i want to go see this savior i want to go experience him and i think it's interesting because so often even on on a sunday morning but we talk about this and i'll I'll even respond you know and i'm going to do it later but we say if you would like to receive prayer and i know for many of you in your heart there's a tiny tiny bit of a struggle because i think for some of you you're saying i want to go receive prayer but in the end you just go now now that doesn't make you any stronger christian or no stronger that's not my point my point is is that i think that's just indicative of many little steps that we might have in our lives where we see God and we go, for instance, somebody is sick and we have this little tug in our heart. And we have, you know, if you guys ever watch Magnum P.I. and uh, he said he has a, he had a, he had a sorry, but he said he had a, I'm really old. You guys know Magnum P.I., right? Uh, back when Tom Selleck was young and had shorts up to here. Do you remember? Okay, so, so Tom Selleck and he, uh, but he would say, I have, I was listening to my tiny little voice. Have you ever heard of, he would say my tiny, he would say my little voice. Like it was just the thing that would confirm that whatever he was doing was correct. Now, I'm not saying he was listening to the Holy Spirit. But, but what I am saying is this. I think there are times that God is speaking to us in a tiny little voice, in a whisper. And he's wondering if we're just going to respond to that voice. And he's saying, he's saying, hey, I want you to do something about what you're seeing right now. So how many of us, you don't have to raise your hands, but just think this through. How many of us have seen someone who is sick or with a cast and thought, oh, I should pray for him? And then we don't. How many of us have have been talking with someone who's not necessarily a believer and we're not really that close to them, but they're struggling with something and in our heart we're thinking, I want to pray for him, but then we don't. How many of us could tell that someone needs something beyond what they currently have and we feel like I should invite them to church or I should invite them to do this or maybe I should go over and give them groceries or I should make them dinner or I should do this, but then we don't. Now, my point today is not to chastise you or or condemn you for not doing something, but my point today is this is the difference between knowing God and experiencing God. I think it's through 
opportunities that all of a sudden, especially really difficult things that perhaps happen and we jump in and we decide to participate in whatever it is that God's doing, that we get to see God in a way that we've never seen Him before. And we can't simply rest on what's happened in the past. Uh, I, I hope I haven't said this to this group, but um, it's painful to me when I hear someone talk about the Lord touching their lives but when they're talking about the Lord touching their lives, they're talking about an experience that happened over 20 years ago. And I'm wondering why they haven't experienced anything recently. As if, you know, the day that I received Christ, there's no question for me, I still can remember, I think I shared this just a couple weeks ago, that I remember the day that, that I decided to make a commitment to Jesus. And that day is, will ever be, you know, imprinted in my heart, and I'll never forget that day. But since that day, there have been many other days of experiencing God in a way that was unique to whatever my circumstances uh, were at that time. And so for me, the Christian life is not about living off of what happened many years ago when I made a commitment to follow Jesus. The Christian life is about making a commitment to do something today and saying, Lord, what is it that you want me to do today? When Jesus came, he really died he came so that he could bring us this hope and restore what we, we used to have. You know, there's, a, there's some verses um, that I just want to read. If you can go to your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 15, 44. 1 Corinthians 15, 44. While you're going there, I'm going to share with you another story of a guy. Um, have you heard of YWAM, Youth with a Mission? Anybody heard of Youth with a Mission? The, the book, I don't know if it's still the case, but it used to be the case that if you worked with Youth with a Mission, you had to read the book, Is That Really You, God? Well, I started really reading that book before I ever was involved with Youth with a Mission. Matter of fact, I didn't know what it was. But what it was, I thought, is that really you, God? What does it sound like to you? It sounds like hearing the voice of God and deciding whether or not you know, he's speaking to me. Because I think we all have that question, don't we? God says something to you in your minds, and you go, is that really you, God? Is that really you, or is that just me? Am I just, you know, kidding myself? And, and so we kind of question that, and we, and we fight over that. So I thought, oh, good, I'm going to read a book about this. Instead, it was a book on Lauren Cunningham and how he started Youth with a Mission. And what he was saying is that he heard a bunch of small voices, whispers in his head, that he decided to obey and pursue that led into a ministry now that's uh, a mission organization that's probably one of the largest in the world. I mean, literally tens of thousands of people take short-term mission trips with them, and tens of thousands of people are impacted by this ministry. And it's all because this man just simply said, if you, li- if you read that book, it's not a big book, it's just a very quick biography, and all he does is say, I heard God say this to me, and so I decided to pursue it. And in the, in the beginning, they're little things, not very big. And then later, they be turned out to be these bigger things. But he just is already trusting God because he already has a history of obeying him. And when he was obeying him, he knew it was him. So he just kept going. And by the time it was all said and done, he just had such confidence in God's voice that he didn't feel like he had to question it anymore because he just knew this is God. Because I've been pl- doing this for a very long time now. I've been following his voice for a very long time now. And I think that Jesus came, not just simply, you know, this whole season that we're celebrating right now is, it's interesting because I talked about him being a baby. And, but the reason why we always celebrate him as a baby is because we're trying to celebrate this new, you know, again, just revisiting what he did for us and him coming in. And so I thought we'd revisit just another thing that I think is important of what he did for us. 
and what he wants to do for us. Because prior to Adam and Eve's sin, prior to Adam and Eve's sin, there was an intimacy with God that I think we all long for. I think we're created to have. I think we're created to be worshipers, not worshipers just in the singing sense, but worshipers in the sense of saying, God, you're in first place in everything I say and do. And that's what I want you to, where I want you to be, and so I'm going to follow you. And Adam and Eve had that relationship uh, with God because the enemy was not around. The enemy was not around. You know what heaven is? The heaven is simply the kingdom of God without the devil. <laughs> that's it. The kingdom of God is here right now. Jesus says that. He invites the kingdom. But the devil's still fighting. One day he's not going to be here. But here's the point. Adam and Eve got to experience that intimacy without the devil until finally the devil did come and then the sin comes into our lives. But then it's interesting because in 1 Corinthians 15, 44 through 49, it, it, it says this. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first Adam became a living being, the last Adam a living, giving, life-giving spirit. 48. As with the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth and is the, heavenly, and is the heavenly man, so also who those who are of heaven. And just as we have been born the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. And so here's, here's what's happening right here. The Bible is saying that, that there's a new Adam and this new Adam is coming to bring us back into the relationship we once had. And so he's, he's bringing this back into this, this intimacy. He's desiring for us to be in this intimate relationship with him. And so when Jesus is coming, part of what he's saying is, I'm coming to bring something that, I, that you guys have been missing. There's been a season of time when you guys were not able to experience this intimacy. But I am coming so that you can have it again. I want to break down any barrier, any wall, anything that was between me and you, meaning God and you, I want to break all that down so that you and I can experience the intimacy that you and I once enjoyed as God and Son. So Jesus wants to bring us salvation, hope, intimacy, but we have to walk in it. This is the most important part. We have to walk, walk in this. I think, for, for me, one of the most painful things that I hear, because one of the reasons, we planted this church um, for obviously many reasons. You know, this whole ama, digo, love and accept and transform the city. That's, that's what we want to do. That's honestly what we want to do. But when I'm talking about loving the city and accepting the city and transforming the city, for many people, they immediately assume that we're talking about, oh, we need to reach the non-believer. I'm, I'm trying to reach anybody who hasn't been radically transformed. <laughs> whether they believe in God or not, whether they've already made a commitment to follow Jesus or not, whether they've accepted Christ in their heart. Unfortunately, I believe many people don't walk that out. And so even though they might have said and expressed in their heart that they are a follower of Jesus, they've never been truly transformed to the point where they can go, I am 100% fully devoted to the Savior. Because we just hold a few things back and go, no, 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 I don't get, you know, this, these things I'm not going to be able to let go right now. And I think the difference between, uh, tra- digo, what is it? Experience versus knowledge. 
the difference between the experience versus knowledge is, is, is simply the fact that somebody decides to move and act on what they know instead of just receiving more information and more information and more information and going, I know a whole lot about God. I, I will say this. It's, it's fascinating to me how many people that I know and I've met and I've done. I remember when I was 18 years old, I used to go to the streets of Hollywood and feed the homeless. And so me and a friend would go to the streets of Hollywood and we'd just feed the homeless. And there was no ministry. It was just us making some sack lunches and we'd just go out. And because I was so young and I looked young apparently and, and I was kind of nervous and uh, I just remember when I would go out there, how many of these guys that were living on the street knew way more about the Bible than I did? Kid you not. Because I would say, well, we're just doing this to show, uh, well, these are the words I would use now. I don't remember what I said then. But it was, we're showing God's love, you know, and Jesus loves you. And, um, and I would say something to that effect. And then he would, they would turn around and go, well, God says this, and, you know, and I've done this. And he would just go on and on and on. And I was like, holy cow, how can you, listen, how can you know so much and experience so little? How can you be so much, you know, like a theologian and yet have no intimacy? Be so far away. And this is probably one of my, my biggest fears for the church, for the church, you know, in general, not our church, just the church in general, are people who say, yes, I know God, but they mean like the no saber, not the no como conocer. <laughs> are you with me in Spanish? There's not this intimacy. There's not this relationship. There's not this, uh, this idea that the relationship that I've built has actually made a difference in my life. My relationship with my wife, with Patty, has made a difference in how I respond to other women and other people. Because I have a relationship with her, not only out of respect, but because of the relationship we do and, and the depth of relationship we have, I'm automatically not going to put myself, or try not to put myself, in positions where I might break the relationship that I have with her. So her relationship with me actually makes a difference in how I walk and how I live and how I respond to life. It should be the same with Jesus. By that intimacy that we have with him, by getting to know him, the next thing you know, it actually makes a difference in how we walk out this life. And it's because we're constantly on the lookout for what he's trying to do. We don't simply, we don't simply want people who can know everything. We don't want people who are robotically obe obeying God and saying, yeah, I'm just doing what I have to do. I'm doing what I have to do because that's not intimacy either. Intimacy is when that profound relationship that you have all of a sudden is making a difference in everything that you say and do. And even the way you think and how you process and the convictions that you might have not had in the past. Yeah. I think the lack of intimacy could be a lack of experience. Lack of experience is due to lack of listening, obeying. Lack of listening means uh, more difficulty hearing. And I didn't say that earlier. But you know what's interesting is that so many people say to me, well, I don't know what's God and I don't know what isn't God. And I think the reason why it's hard for us to hear God and understand God sometimes is because we're not obeying the voice that we've already heard. And so it's easier to hear the other voices and be distracted by them. When you start to obey the voice that you know is God, or even if you don't know, my, you know, one of my favorite verses is, in the Bible is when Jesus is walking on water, and remember what Peter says? 
if it is you. In other words, he wasn't sure it was Jesus. But if it's you, ask me to come out. And then come. And so he goes. So he wasn't even 100% sure. And yet he walked on water. I only know two people who've walked on water. Jesus and Peter. And so he did it. And so the next thing you know, the next time God asks him to do something, he's going to go for it. Because he's got enough faith to believe that this is going to happen again. And as you obey that voice, the next thing you know, instead of it being a whisper, it's almost like a shout. (laughs) Because you recognize it as him. Lack of hearing can lead to unbelief. So lack of intimacy leads to lack of experience. Lack of experience leads to lack of listening and obeying. Lack of listening leads to difficulty hearing. And difficulty hearing leads to unbelief. To the point where now we're just like, I don't even know if I believe in him. And it's not that God is not there. It's not that God is not doing something. It's not that God is not moving in your lives. But it's simply the fact that we have decided that I'm not hearing him and he's not moving in my life. And he's not doing what I want him to do. When I believe that God is truly moving right now in your lives, doing something for you, but also for this city. And the idea is when we participate with him, not only do we make a difference in the, in the city we live in or in our family, but it makes a difference in who we are and how we know him and the intimacy that he wants to have with us. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Yeah. Did I do this? Oh. Jesus restores intimacy. Okay, well, I think I'm done. So why don't you um, stand with me very quick.